when we not talk about family when family's all that we got everything i would do you were standing there by my side and now you're gonna be with me for the last time hello and welcome to too fast too forever there's all kinds of family we chose this one this is episode 12 i am paul walker from 2018 i'm joey lewandowski i'm joe too and this episode is brought to you by reach out worldwide when you put goodwill out there it's amazing what can be accomplished. Yeah. I thought that's the perfect sponsor for mm-hmm. this episode, pretty much, right? Paul Walker's charity, absolutely. Yeah, Reach Out Worldwide is an agile group of first responders and other professionals in the medical and construction-related fields who augment local expertise when natural disasters strike in order to accelerate relief efforts. So uh, we appreciate what Reach Out Worldwide does, and, and although he didn't want it to be known, we want it to be known that that's his charity. Yeah. Uh, so this is uh, the hour-long documentary about Paul Walker's life that Paramount aired earlier this month to commemorate, I guess, or to honor the, f- the five-year anniversary of his passing. It's been five years. Wow. I didn't realize yeah, that. November, I think I wrote it down. It was in there. November, thir- November 30th, 2013, just after Thanksgiving. Wow. I couldn't, I can't believe it. It didn't feel like five years, right? It hasn't the only like- reason I know why it's five years, well, there's two things. There's two reasons I know why. Number one, because it was the same year that Fast and Furious 6 came out. And I remember rewatching it and being sad. Like I remember, because toward the end of the year, I was like, "No, seven. Do I like this movie." Was it seven or six? It was six. Okay, they were shooting seven, but it was six came out. Okay. Yes, six came out. I was rewatching at the end of the year because I loved that movie so much in theaters, and I loved it so much this time around. Yeah. But I was like, "Oh, this is kind of a bummer." So I remember that. And number two, I just remember like what apartment I was living in when that happened. Like I remember where I was when I heard. Was it the one that I've been to? No, it was the other one, the one before. This was before I moved down to Texas for a couple of years. Okay, cool. But yeah, so I mean, I just remember sort of two things. So I mean, I, I would have to think about it, but it's, it's been a while. I mean, you know, we it's he's yeah. he missed the whole movie, obviously, and then part of Furious Seven, but. As we saw, or as we heard earlier this week, and we'll talk about it on the next episode, you know, that's going to come out next week, the Too Fast, Too Furious episode, the full episode, Yeah, uh, his, his family wants to bring Brian back into the movies. Yes, they do, which I don't know how I feel about. I don't know either. We'll, we'll get into that on the next episode. Okay. What I can say, though, is that in this documentary, they have interviews with his family and his brothers, and two things. Number one, his brothers look so much like him. But number two... They do and they don't. They do and they don't. You're right. But did you notice his entire family has the same blue eyes? Piercing blue eyes. Yes, yep. I absolutely noticed that. And it was awesome. It was really, really cool to see. Because that is how I think that I even relate that they're, like, very related. You know what yep. I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I see that and I was just like, oh, yeah, this is definitely, like, his sister. And this is definitely his brother. And... Stuff like that, so. It's kind of creepy how much his one friend looked like him, too. Like, his stunt double friend. Like, when they, like, kind of, yes. like, dressed up, then they, then they sound identical. That's what we were saying when we were watching this documentary. We were like, holy fuck, he and his friend, like, his stunt double best friend, like, they sound so much alike, it's scary. Well, they, yeah, they grew up together, and what I liked about that part of the documentary is that, like, he, it seemed like he kept, like, his you know, his lifelong buddies with him to sort of keep him grounded. That it feels like a lot of people, yeah, that like, you know, Hollywood could kind of fuck you up in a lot of ways. But this guy who's sort of with him for this whole life that he was like his body double or stunt double, he was just there sort of uh, not only just, you know, earn a paycheck and do his thing that, you know, yeah, he was like taking care of his buds. But yeah, yeah, exactly. But also like when he, you know, was itching or jonesing or whatever, like there's a special a couple times similarly but separately where he's just like, I got to get back in the water, but it just feels like, you know, he's this kid who like sort of doesn't want to be a movie star. Like he, yes. just, he wants to be just a guy. And so I think it's smart to have these people who are not there 
looking out for themselves. They're 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 making a living, but they're also looking out for you. You know, the movie star in the situation. Yeah, I thought that that was like one of the coolest parts is when his friend said like. I know Paul, and he said many times to me, like, if I could do anything, I just want to be a park ranger and, like, make, like, $20,000 a year. And that was like, damn, like, I, you know, I wouldn't expect that because we think of him in this, like, huge aura and this franchise and stuff like that for him to be such, like, a kind of simple kind of guy, you know? Like, this was, I think this was a great documentary to show another side of him that I didn't know about, at least. Yeah. Exactly. Like, did you know any of this stuff? Like, before we watched this, did you know, like, about his outdoorsiness and how he didn't, he really kind of didn't want to do these and stuff like that? No, I don't think so. I mean, I knew the movies that he was in. I'd seen a few of them, not too many of them. I haven't before. seen, like, pretty much any of them, what yeah. I learned. Go ahead. I saw, like, one or two. His family, the fact that he he had a girlfriend, like, I, she sort of, I think it was sort of telling that she wasn't interviewed in the documentary. Like, I don't know if they had a falling out, but, you know, he had a daughter that he was really, that he really loved and that he was missing, that he was, you know, sad that he wasn't able to see her growing up. On that note, there's a lot of people that were, like, part of the story but weren't interviewed. Like, I kind of get that Meadow's not involved, you know, his girlfriend slash baby's mom. Right. That was kind of weird that she's not in it. There were some other people involved that weren't in it, and I was like, why aren't these people involved? You know what I mean? Like, how did you only get Tyrese from the movies about it? Well, I think we know why we got Tyrese, because Tyrese will probably do anything for a dollar. Yeah. He seemed pretty genuine about it. I wonder if he made any money to do this, you know? I don't know. I mean, I honestly don't know if he got paid. What was the the most important thing or the coolest thing about uh, Tyrese in this was that he said that, you know, that for whatever reason, like, he sort of hinted at, like, this, like, sinister behind-the-scenes, like, machinations. Yes. But, like, Paul Walker was the driving force behind getting Tyrese to come back in, you know, in Five. five, right? So Yeah, he says it, like, he wasn't in three or four... And that's not because he didn't want to be in them, but it was only because of Paul Walker and that he came him back, yeah. that he came back. Yeah, right. There's a couple things like what I liked about this, especially, is that it kicks off with two things back to back. Like the second thing we see is an interview with Tyrese. Like I think that's smart in terms of documentary. Like, hey, we got some stars for this. We got some people yeah. that you know. He also has a great quote. He says, you know, the reason we're all devastated by him is because he was the nicest dude on human feet, which I think is a cool quote. That's a very cool quote. I like that one, too. Yeah, it was like just a cool way to put it. It was a new original way to do it, and it was like very Tyrese of him. You know, like he just saying something wacky, but it's like also genuine, it felt like. so. Yeah, exactly. But it starts out with a thing that I thought was going to be like a, an indicator that I was going to cry during this thing. I did not cry. I didn't. Yeah, I agree. Like the one of the very first things you see, if not the first thing you see, is Paul's 15th birthday party. Yes. Or, like, you know, his his parents singing happy birthday to him. And he looks at the camera and, like, licks his lips or, like, you know, sticks his tongue out or whatever, like, in a way that I'm like, oh, shit, like, that's Brian. Like, you know, that like, that's the guy that we know yeah. in this, like, 15-year-old kid. And I was like, oh, if that's where you're starting, like, I'm going to be sobbing by the end of this. But I feel like it never really tugs on the heartstrings, which I was looking no. on Letterboxd after I, you know, after I watched this, I logged this. Okay. And a lot of the ne- the, the, the less favorable reviews were talking about how apparently Paramount's done like a handful of these kind of documentaries, and they're all just sort of like, a, hey, remember how great a guy this guy was? Like, let's remember him, but not actually go deep into his life. Like, yeah. it just sort of seems like very surface level, which I sort of see as criticism. Like, I feel like if they went real deep and like got some like real hard-hitting interviews, like went deeper like I could maybe cry but like I feel like the, there's the it starts in a place that I thought I was going to sob and I just I just didn't get there yeah I, they took a very superficial direction like you were saying just not superficial but like on the surface 
you know, like, there's nothing here that's gonna make you feel really emotional about it, just showing, like, oh, remember him, he's a good guy, here's his family, here's all the good things we said about him. They, like, kind of dabble into, like, his demons and stuff like that, but they never get there deep enough to, like, really push you emotionally, like we were saying, to get me to feel really bad about it, you know? Right. And I already do feel bad about it, and it's somebody yeah. that, like, I'm, like, quasi-involved with with this and stuff like that, so it wouldn't have taken them much to get us there, but they kept it lighter, and I think that might be a directive choice, you know? Yeah, I think so. I think it's, you know, sort of, uh, it feels like it's kind of fluff, which is okay, yeah. It's not there to, you know, win awards. It's not there to make you cry. I think it's just there to sort of, like, fill an hour and a half on Paramount Network and, you yeah. know, get a bunch of people together to remember a guy that, like, the people loved. I mean, I think it's just there, you know, not in a bad way, but just there to sort of be watched and, you know, make money and whatever. Like, it's it's there, which I, I'm, I'm just glad that it had stuff in there. I mean, we also have not done any real research into the franchise or into the actors. No, because we're, we're going to get this forever. Yeah. That's, that's why we're like, I mean, it's not because I don't want to. It's just because I know that as we keep going, I'm sure we will get to a point where it's just like yep. you start learning this stuff and picking up on it. Yeah. And especially with Paul Walker, like we decided, I don't know if we said it on the air on the last episode or not, but our first pit stop lap is going to be the Paul Walker Memorial Lap, where we're going to do, like, eight or nine, whatever, however many there are, like, the ones in between, we're going to do, like, eight or nine of his movies that are not Fast and Furious that we really want to see and talk about. Stuff skulls. like the Skulls and stuff. Like, I really want to see uh, Pleasantville, which looked really cool, like him as that, I've never like, seen it. I was going to ask if you've ever seen it. No. But also stuff like Into the Blue, that Jessica Alba movie, where he's, like, swimming in it. Or, you know, I want to see, like, Running Scared again, which I saw back when, like... It came out on DVD, and I was like, oh, I'm so, like, I'm such an adult for watching this, you know, when I was, like, 18 or 19 or whatever, but, like... Oh, really? Yeah, I mean, it was just, like, one of those, like, it was, like, this real gruesome, hard-hitting whatever, like, I don't know if it's good now, but what was cool is, like, that, you know, the people talking about, like, how good he was in these movies, I mean, they had his manager, they had Rob Cohen, who directed him in both The Skulls and in... I never knew this connection. This is what I'm glad that we're getting into, like, random facts. Like, I didn't know. Did you, did you, I'm sure Mm -mm. you did know this. Did you know this? Well, I didn't know anything about The Skulls. Like, The Skulls is a movie that you're super, super passionate about. I've never seen, I didn't know that Rob Cohen directed that, but it was cool to see that he was like, you know, he had him for this, I guess, smaller part or whatever. And then Paul just kept asking, like, you got something for me? He's like, yeah, I told you I'm making this next movie for you. And they told him about it. He's like, oh, that's exactly what I want to do. And it's really cool that he goes from The Skulls to Fast and the Furious, that it was only because, like, Rob Cohen kind of took him under his wing a little bit. Yep. And, like, all of these things came together. I thought that was really cool. I I never connected the two. As much as I love The Skulls and as much as I love Fast and the Furious, I never knew that they were relatable. Like, they were, like, connected. Yeah. That was super cool for me to see and cool that he – it was only because of his director that – this happened you know what i mean like maybe yeah. the fast and the furious would have never come to be if paul walker wasn't in the skulls and he didn't right. play this character and actually he has a pretty big um role in the skulls he's not like the main actor but he's like second gotcha obviously okay. i was also thinking that you know when we do the the first lap we could do a pit stop if we can find stuff online for uh apparently he was on shark week a lot like he has like i want to like, watch really a lot big... of these yeah the yeah. they show in the documentary yeah which i thought was pretty cool they talk about a lot about how he comes from like this line of badasses and his dad was like this military guy and his grandpa was like this mechanic who like was just like this real man's man like didn't talk to anybody but like talked to paul because paul was like into cars and stuff and i think it was cool to see where he came from and also like how that influences him but at the same time like how he was just 
essentially kind of like a laid-back surfer bro, but also have, like, this, like, fierce streak inside him that, like, you didn't want to cross him. Yeah, I like that they show, like, they really express the dichotomy of, like, he was a laid-back surfer, surfer hippie, but then at the same time, he liked guns and cars and, like, all this other shit. Right. Like, he had, like, a really diverse... Um, personality you know like he's not you can't really pigeonhole guys like this that he's like tame and laid back and he plays like such a chill dude all the time but then also is like known for like getting into fights all the time and you know doing extreme sports and stuff so and from the sound of it like not losing fights either there was that one i don't remember who was saying it but there was that one story for whatever reason maybe maybe because he had like the frosted tips or whatever just sort of like he looked like a surfer bro but they said that that you know he held a door open for somebody walking out of a grocery store yeah the guy's like thanks bitch and then like paul walker just it like, was fucked his dad him up. telling the story yeah oh yeah okay and i was just like oh like all right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, not necessarily my speed, but I can respect it. You know what I mean? Like, if you're going to be a laid back looking dude and somebody likes to press your buttons and you have a short temper, sure. Maybe that's what happens. Yeah. There's a Zeph connection here that he played a special needs kid, you know, just oh, like. Oh, God. I didn't even make that Just connection. like Miracle Run, you know, this oh, this God. handsome actor playing a special needs kid, just like, oh. Really well. Pretty well. Okay. Um, I liked some things that we saw that dog food commercial he was yeah. in. Dude, that was the coolest thing, you know, to see him, like, as a very small kid. Because you can clearly tell it's Paul Walker. Like, he just yeah. hadn't fully grown into his body or his image yet. But, yeah, there was, like, a lot of really, really interesting stuff like that I didn't know about. So I was really stoked on it. It seemed like, and I'm sure that a lot of this is sort of exaggeration to raise the myth of Paul Walker or whatever. But they were saying about how when he did, like, auditions and stuff as a kid, he would get a call back, not necessarily get the audition, get the part, but, like, get a call back, like, 80% of the time. And you can see, like, he's just, like, this good-looking young kid who also can act for the most part yeah. and nails the lines, like, whether he's doing dog food or, like, that, you know, that thing where it's, it kind of looks like they're, you know, the stand-by-me kids or whatever, just, like, whatever they're looking for, he's kind of got that all-American face or also that you know, surfer bro face or, you know, they talk later in life about how he went to New York or went to the East Coast to, like, get that down so he could sort of do those kind of parts, I think, for the skulls, right? And, like, yeah. you know, whatever you kind of needed, he was able to, to provide for you. Yeah, he, he in the skulls, he plays, like, the ver- the most, you know, all-American kind of kid. And he, he has the idea of it down, right, because he's, like, a car guy and he was an athlete and stuff like that. But he was such a surfer bro that it was hard for him to, like, get out of the California a little bit. So I thought it was cool that we learned that he went to New York and was just like, I'm just going to live here for a while and just figure shit out, you know? Yeah. Did you catch, I think I heard this right, did you catch that they were ra- that he was raised Mormon? They mentioned it really quickly, and right? I thought that I heard it too. Yeah, so if he was, that's that's something that I didn't know. Right. Are there is there a huge Mormon population in California? Like I've I have no idea about any of it. So I don't know. It's not but like he I was think... in like Utah or something. You know. No, I th- I do think that there is. You know, I can see it like in the handsome blonde people who are just sort of nice and very family focused and family friendly and like good to those close to them. You know what I mean? Like yeah. all sort of more positive things. But what I was kind of pleasantly surprised about is that you know he has this child out of wedlock with the girl but like yes. because the girl had been around all their all her life basically was, for dude, a while honestly, did you did you make the connection what like mia no rebecca's is letty man how so they were friends then she got a little older then he noses her then they're friends then okay together then they're friends and i was like oh dude she's like the perfect like letty you know what i mean she was like a girl that was hanging around them and then they kind of fall in love, but then they're friends I get again. You. All right. Yeah. And maybe right. he had a racer back into memory. Who knows? <laughs> 
But what I liked is that the, the mom basically took, it seemed like she took her in and the baby in, even though they weren't married, even though, like, it yeah. wasn't, you know, her daughter, but it just seems... For such, like, a family kind of conservative kind yeah. of religious that we kind of caught family yeah that was a very very cool thing of them to do and like not just like you know kick paul walker out right and that seems to lead to what appears to be like his biggest the biggest regret of his life in that he wanted to be you know this this super dad i think they say but his career took off basically as his daughter was born and he couldn't really be there like he wanted to be there yeah but that he was always this like pull like this push and pull of like i'm becoming more and more of a movie star but at the same time and i can provide for my daughter now like his whole goal was to be like the best and give his daughter everything he could but at the same time to do that he'd have to go shoot for four or five months at a time right and leave her so yeah i I can't imagine having to deal with this you know what i like if if i'm thinking about it now like if i could give rachel everything she could ever dream of but also not be with her for you know, half the year, what's the, what are you really accomplishing? Is it anything better that I'm doing now or worse or what, you know, like, yep. Yeah, I get it. It's, it's hard to think about. And if you had kids, like I can only relate to Rachel cause I don't have kids. So if I had kids, what, what would I choose? You know, do you want to be in their lives more or have the money to give them whatever they want? What would you rather leave them with? I don't know. Exactly. It's, it's kind of, you know, to, to reference another one of our podcasts, boyfriend material, it's kind of like, you know, for the, for the gods beyond the pines, like, or is it a good boyfriend material thing when you rob banks to take care of your yeah. kids? Like you're doing something it's not like you're providing thing, for them, but, but you're the also same... not. Yeah. It's in the same vein. I can agree. Yeah. yeah. Like, what do you give up of yourself to provide for your family? And Exactly. Yeah. What I did like, though, is that when he went away to make these movies, he seemed, like, really intent on getting everything right. Like, they were talking about, I think, for maybe at least the first Fast and Furious, if not also too Fast, too Furious, that everybody else on set was just sort of there to make a movie. But, like, Paul knew, like, what size turbos everything was. Like, he did yeah. his homework. Well, he was a, well, he's a fucking gearhead anyways. Yeah. You know, if, if his grandfather was a mechanic and he was, like, racing and dicking around on quads and dirt bikes beforehand, this is a dream role for anybody like that, right? Like, this is exactly yeah. what you want to do. You're like, oh, yeah, like, I want to be a movie star that gets to drive cool cars and, like, hang out with pretty girls all day. Like, who the fuck doesn't? And then right. if you're a car guy on top of it, it's like, oh, fuck, like, this is amazing. Yep. And it was funny to hear that, you know, he drives a, t- a Tacoma truck, but that he still preferred, if he had to pick, he always preferred, like, the tuners to the American Muscle. So, like, he kind of was That was a it. really cool part, too, yeah, because they show you his garage, and like they said, it was, like, it was kind of understated in the sense that he didn't buy, like, Bugattis and McLarens and fucking all this rowdy shit. He had Skylines and Mustangs and fucking old cars and, like, muscle cars. Like, a lot of the cars look like they could have been in the movies, right? Like, everything that he had yeah. in that garage was, mm-hmm. like, I'm mean, not talking seven and eight, where, like, the cars became, like, hypercars. He just had, like, cars that you'd have fun driving. Like, it seemed like he was just a dude that just wanted to have fun. So, yeah. I'm sure that you picked up on this, and I wanted to know which one it was let's talk about paul walker being superman oh yeah so this is 2003 i think they were saying this, so this would the have cage been one for sure right no 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 because that was 98 99 this would have been As the a little Brandon backstory Ralph for one. other people that don't know this is on cage club podcast network and i've heard you and mike talk about the lost cage superman and i was yes. wondering if this was also the same paul walker superman how the timing pans out because it could have been right this is almost the same time no because this so the, the cage superman which is going to be directed by tim burton would have come out like they were they were working on that in like 98 99 so right okay. after batman and robin came out they wanted to have superman in that same universe 
two weeks before they started shooting. They did all the pre-production, costume fitting. They did, you know, scouting. They did all this different stuff. And then two weeks before they were set to shoot, the they pulled out. Like, the producers pulled out, funding pulled out, whatever. So they never made the movie. So that went away. And then also, I think, because of how badly Batman and Robin tanked, they were just like, we should probably distance ourselves from this. So then, okay. in real life, I think in 06 or 07... Superman Returns came out, and that was with Brandon Routh as Superman. That was Kevin Spacey as Lex Luthor. Okay. So I'm guessing, based on the time, this would have been for that. But what I thought was most interesting about the Superman thing, it almost seemed like, I mean, and again, just sort of like we talk about with IMDb on like the on the other podcast, like we don't know if IMDb trivia is real. Yeah. It also feels like everything in here, everything's like, oh, it was you know, it was Paul Walker's world. You know what I mean? So like, I don't know if it's actually like how close this was, but it feels like based on this documentary. They said he had like a fake button, a cape on. So like, yeah, but so it feels like in this documentary, like if he wanted the part, the part was his. But he, like, called his buddy, like, sort of had, like, this, like, existential freakout, like, I don't want to do three or four of these movies, I don't want to be Superman for the rest of my life, and I get that, but at the same time, he was Brian O'Connor for the rest of his life, you know what I mean? So, like, it's a different kind of thing, maybe it's that he, he, he relates more to that gearhead than to a comic book character, yep. but if, if your fear is that you're going to be pigeonholed into one role for the rest of your life, hey, that happened anyway. Yeah, but it's it's a role that he more so wanted to play than Superman, so I kind of get it. Something that we a little bit skimmed over that they make very light of in the documentary was, like, they reference his financial problems. Oh, yeah, a lot of bill collectors and stuff calling him. Yeah, but they also mention early on that, like, his mom invested a lot of money into his acting. And, like, acting school and stuff. Yeah, but they, like, don't go into that, and I really wish we could learn more about that and, like... And how much that was an influence on his life choices, because it it kind of felt like they were hinting that his mom spent everyone's like fi- like the familial money to make Paul a star, and then he felt the responsibility of like taking care of the family through acting later. I don't know. I didn't get that sense because it seemed to uh... me that by the time he hit eighteen, he wanted to walk away from acting because he was like, I have this money saved up. I can live a simple life. You know, I have I have all these checks from, like, commercials and bit okay. rolls and stuff. And then by the time he was 18, by the time he was able to sort of, like, you know, set out on his own or whatever, none of the money was left. So I don't know that the, the – I mean, it's possible that the mom spent the entire family's money. I just got the sense that she spent all of, like, his earnings, but not in a way where – it wasn't like malicious. She spent it on herself, right? Yeah. It's, it seemed like she spent it on him, but she spent, I think, way more than he realized she was spending. Well, I'm just thinking about, like, you know, I I had that thought that I think I mentioned it to you in a chat that we were talking about that NHL player whose parents, you know, pilfered all of his earnings because they yeah. were his manager, mm-hmm. and so like that's on the brain. So it, I couldn't tell if it was like that or not. The way that they like kind of danced around it and you know, he's 18 now and he has all these bill collectors calling. It kind of seemed like maybe he was supporting the family somehow in a more mild way than this. It's possible. I mean, you don't really get a sense of like I feel like uh, that's another sort of limitation by the hour-long time frame and not going too deep. Like you sort of don't get a sense of like what anybody else was doing. You know what I mean? Like you don't. I, like, it don't seemed know... like nobody was doing anything but Paul Walker, right? Right. Like he was like maybe surfing with his brothers and shit, but at the same time and his friends. But it's like at the same time, like who was doing what else? Yeah, exactly. And it seemed like once he did start making money and had the Fast and the Furiouses, like 
you know, his parents and nobody around him had to work anymore, right? Like, his right. brother, his friends, like, everybody kind of seemed like they were just coasting at that point. Right, exactly. Uh, one of my favorite things in the in the documentary, in the hour, was the clip they show of him on MTV Cribs where he just shows off an RV, and that's it? Yeah. When he's movie star Paul Walker, and he just, like, shows off his, like, tiny little RV. Like, it's just, it's super weird and cool and just sort of goofy and fun. Yeah, it was quirky and fun. It, it it reminded me of, like, the kind of, like, the interviews and stuff we see with Channing a little bit, or Zeph even, that they, like, do, like, all this wacky shit. And I guess when you're just, like, a heartthrobby guy like that, you can't be, like, bland. Like, they can't be like, this is my dope house that I have now, you know? Like, and they seem like they kind of have cool personalities, so... It's fun that he was just like, yeah, I'm going to show off this dumbass RV that me and my friends bought 10 years ago to go surfing one summer and pretend this is my house. So Right. Because, I mean, I wasn't in this world. Like, I wasn't watching Fast and Furious movies. I wasn't into the franchise when this was happening. But, like, they show him and Vin Diesel, like, on TRL. Like, he was, like, a heartthrob. He was, like, oh, he, yeah. was, like he was a star. And, like, you know, the two of them went everywhere. They call him, like, oil and vinegar or whatever. That They have, like, these two opposite personalities yeah. that they say make the salad dressing in the movie that works. But, like... I just didn't realize, I mean, I should have, like, I didn't realize just, like, how popular he was they were. Oh, no, 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 yeah, he was huge, and, like, I, I lived in, like, the TRL Cribs world. Paul Walker, like, every time, like, like you know, as soon as the first movie came out, and it was just a huge success, he was everywhere, right? Like, just the same way that, like, now I'm sure that we don't even realize the gravity that Zeph holds on MTV now. Yeah. You know, because like we're not, I'm I'm beyond MTV age. So, but I do remember Paul Walker being part of that, and that was really cool to see too. Because I had forgotten about it. It's not something like you know you keep in the forefront of your mind, but it's right. cool to have seen it happen again. There was a weird line in the documentary that I'm pretty sure I heard it right. It just doesn't really make sense that they were saying that I think it was his stunt double buddy was saying that on a lot like on a lot of movies. Paul would, like, break a finger early on, but that would, like, get him, like, energized and keep, like, the pain would keep him in the moment. I was like, what is, like, what are you talking about? Did you you hear that? Yeah, he said that he would, like, when he, like, uh, fucked his knee up in the movie with Jessica Alba, that he was just like, oh, no, like, let's finish the shooting and I'll go get surgery afterwards. It lended itself to being that he was just, like, this adrenaline junkie kind of, like, yeah, that he was just like, okay, like, the pain is fine and I'll just take it. It's cool. I, I mean, like, I know some people that are like that. They're like, oh, yeah, like, fucking let's do it. And then they're just like, it's cool, cool, let's finish, let's finish, you know? Yeah, it's weird, though. It's not something that I would do. Because it also sounds like, I mean, it, it didn't, like, this This wasn't what he was saying, but it sort of sounded like what he was implying, but his friend was basically like, yeah, he would, like, go and intentionally break a finger, like, give him this, like, adrenaline no. rush. Like, no, I know I that's not what he was saying, like but that. it sort of sounded like, oh, like, on a lot of movies it would happen. It's just like, oh, that's just, it's, it just sort of seemed odd. Yeah, it seemed like he, he just wanted to be, like, the stuntman, so... I'm sure that he was trying to get more involved than they than any yeah. of the producers and managers wanted him to be. And that's why, he, like, the same buddy was saying, you know, he always wanted to ask me, like, how does it feel? And he's like, not good. You know, like, right. like it's not fun getting thrown off the bridge in Too Fast, Too Forever, which you will hear in the episode coming out soon. Yeah. But, yeah, he wanted to know how it was because he was, like, prone to jumping out of planes and doing all this dumb shit, so. Yeah. They get into him being, you know, reach out worldwide, talking a lot about donating money and donating time and donating effort to the 
earthquake relief in Haiti. Like that was like their first big mission, right? It kind of yeah. seemed like they, that's how they made it seem. I don't know if that's true or not, but that's because it just it seemed seem like, like he wanted to do something. Like he knew that he had this money and this like influence, yeah, and just wanted to do something. And so it sounded like I don't remember the exact specifics, but like they couldn't get to Haiti, but they got sort of close and they were just helping there. So what? No. So what happened was is um he wanted to go down there. He's like, I want to go down there and I want to be like in the shit and help. Yeah. And so he called his you know his brother who called his firefighter friends and he was like, do you like know any guys that want to go down there? And he's like, and the firefighter's like, yeah, you know, there's some people that are like, live for like, really helping people that really desperately need it. Because of the earthquake, there was no like, there's only government flights into and out of Haiti. Oh, right, right. So they flew into the Dominican because actually Vin Diesel knew people in the Dominican to like, get into the Dominican. And like, once they got there, then they got him a helicopter and stuff like that. And they kind of like, tag teamed the Fastiverse a little bit, right? And then they, like, got to the shit, and they were in Haiti, and they were helping out. But that was really cool. I did, I honestly didn't even know about his uh, charity before this. Yeah, I don't think I did either. Because he did a really good job of distancing himself from it, like, making it, you know, just a charity, not, like, Paul Walker's charity or whatever. Right. The only thing I think I knew, and I don't think I knew about the charity, but I remember when he died, like, I remember people saying, oh, he was, like, a really good person, and, like... Like, when Prince died, everybody kind of came out and said the same thing, like, you guys will never know, like, all the shit that Prince did, because he, like, did it without telling anybody. Yeah, Do you remember that? Exactly. Like, a little as, bit. Yeah, as soon as Prince died, like, everybody came out, and they were like, yo, like, Prince didn't let me tell anybody this, but Prince did, like, this, this, and this, and, like, he paid for this, and all this other shit that, like, Prince would have never let anybody know about... But, like, one person would know, like, all of these things that he did, and then another person would know a bunch of other things that he did, and they would all say, like, oh, he gave me money for this. And I I can imagine Paul Walker being kind of the same way. And, you know, I don't know about Prince, but I know that Paul Walker, the last note that I have in my notes, Tyrese just saying, he gave the best hugs, man. Yeah, that was a really good one. I like that last Tyrese interview because he said when they were in Miami, he's just like, Paul Walker's just, like, the most ideal handsome white man and like that just description like like you could see it run through tyrese's face like him just like reminiscing back to it just like damn he was like a good looking dude you know what i mean like he even he was like kind of in awe of how beautiful paul walker was right and he kind of hints at a little bit like the sort of the the mischief or the fun that they got into on too fast too furious Ah, that like yeah you know a good looking white dude a good looking black dude and just surrounded by like beautiful women in miami like all right. I wonder if Tyrese was kind of hinting that they were doing a bunch of drugs together. It might have been. Like, I don't It just seemed like they did a bunch of were... stuff that, like, a dad of, like, a newborn wouldn't really necessarily maybe want to do. Yeah, they seemed like they got into a lot of girl trouble. Yeah. And that I understand. And then you got, like, that evil, like, smirk and, like, the giggles. Like, when Tyrese yep. was thinking back to be, them being in Miami, he was like, yeah, we were just, like, really getting into trouble. And, you know what I mean? Like, we were screwing right. around too much and stuff like that. So I yeah. wonder what they were up to. I would like to see, like, the behind the scenes of Too Fast, Too Forever and see, like, what was actually happening and stuff. Yeah. The only other thing I have written down is that, you know, Paul just lived by this mentality, like, be good or do good, and just, I think that's just a real simple, but, like, you know, just be a good person. Just do do good. I like the be good reminder. I personally live by the be safe reminder, just because I think everybody, you know, like, you should just let your friends and loved ones know that, like, they should be safe that you care about them. Yeah. But I like the be good one too, man. Just like, just be good. Just do good. Try to be your best. Like, be good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's something that you can relate to. It's something simple. Like, I don't want to print that on a t-shirt, but it's something that if, if my friend was like, just be good, man, you'd be like, yeah, that's cool. I like that. Exactly. Do you have any other notes or anything else you want to say about this documentary? No, something that I was talking about before, though, I just want to say how cool it was. The cool, uh, to me, the coolest scene in the whole documentary 
was when they were shooting the commercial for Reach Out Worldwide, and the director or like the camera, whoever is like, "Don't you want to say like, join me, Paul Walker?" to like support reach out worldwide and he's like no man that makes it too much about me and like this is about everyone yeah and he's like no you sure you don't want to say that and he's like yeah i'm good like we're just gonna keep it the way i said it which is like like if you watch the first take of it he seems like they found a celebrity to talk about this charity not that it's his charity that he's talking about this could have easily been like him vin and a bunch of people just like show up and they're like join reach out worldwide like you know like a yeah. quick clip at the end and i thought that was really humbling to see you know what i mean like for him to do that and them to have that outtake i was like wow a lot of the things that these people were saying feels real now just yeah. by seeing that so it yeah. was a good choice to put in the put in the documentary yeah. That'll just about do it, I think, on this little sort of a bonus episode. A little you will, bonus episode. Of Too Fast, Too Forever. We'll be back in about a week or so on September 1st. For... And if you heard through this, watch it. Watch the documentary. Yeah. It was really cool. We talked about it, but it was actually really cool to see. Check it out. There was like lots of other parts that we didn't talk about, like, you know, early childhood videos and kind of stuff. And it's cool to see Paul Walker younger. So I, I recommend it. I think you should give it a shot if you liked the. If you like Fast and the Furious and you like Paul Walker can't beat it so yeah don't expect a ton but just sort of go there and just get some admiration for you know brian earl spilner exactly brian o'connor they're probably re-airing it on paramount you can also find it online so just you know go go watch it. and again without commercials it's like 60 or 61 minutes like it's yeah it's, it's super like short. It's, it's not very long it, it felt like it blew by so so for all things too fast too forever including this month's other episode of the fast and the furious lap two or next week's episode of Too Fast, Too Furious, Lap 2. You can go to cageclub.me or facebook.com slash cageclub or at cageclubpod on Twitter and Instagram. Email us, family, at cageclub.me. We have a mailbag. We'll do that on the regular episodes. Not gonna yeah, be so here. Don't, don't think you missed out on the mailbag. It'll be coming next week, right? And now you said the next one comes yep, out next yep, week. Yep. So, yeah, wait wait for that. We are not we didn't skip it. We're just, you know, waiting to do it on the real episode. Yeah, just a little bit of a bonus episode here. Go to facebook.com slash forever to like our page and and know, my just... memes and the memes that i find or make or the nonsense that i post drunk about me exactly. watching the movies even when they're not in order you know what i mean like if i don't even have to watch a movie sometimes we get drunk and put one on anyways and, yep. and i'll tell you about it there so cageclub.me or facebook.com slash too fast to forever i'm joey lewandowski i'm joe too and we'll see you next week for too fast too furious right here on too fast too forever it's been a long day Without you, my friend And I'll tell you all about it When I see you again We've come a long way From where we began Oh, I'll tell you